0: back again with another episode of the listen in podcast this episode 155 i believe sounds right i think last time i said it was 155 and it wasn't it was I gotta 154
1: be, so i got to be honest i think that's like your first ever slip up which is
0: impressive for the amount of episodes and honestly when you get to this amount of episodes you're going to be a little hazy about how many you've done. Well,
1: and we've been a little less diligent about never missing a week. So it you becomes know, harder think, to string together I think them together that's like good, that. though.
0: I think that's yeah. good. Um, it's healthy. Because last week we had taken a little break. We came back with a vengeance. Had a lot of energy. And you know what, Jake? We have a lot of energy this week. Mm-hmm. Because we have two of the best albums of the year to discuss. That's right. I am putting my flag in the ground on saying that Big Thief... And Vampire Weekend, two of the best albums of the year.
1: I, I totally agree. I, I, I don't think it's even really a hot take. Like, I t- absolutely agree with, with that perspective. Like, these bo- both these albums came out of the gate. And, like, when I listened to them on Friday, as I listened to them over the weekend... Like, definitely two of the albums I've immediately liked the most. I think they're two of the most consistent albums yes. that we have from this year. Which one do you want to start with?
0: Let's start with Vampire Weekend.
1: Okay, I'm, I'm think very Vampire excited Weekend to talk about this album.
0: Is is the big tentpole album. One of the biggest of the year, yeah. without a doubt. Um, I want to kind of start with what you've been hearing or seeing... As the fan reactions to this. Because I've actually seen it run the gamut here. Yeah, I think we're in the camp of, I really like this album. I think it's great. Yeah, uh, I think there's other people who are like, yeah, it's good. It's not their best, but I still like it. And then there's other people who I've seen are like, no, this is their worst by far. I don't like this at all.
1: Um, So I actually, it's, it's interesting. I've seen mostly critical reactions to this. And yeah. I've kind of avoided fan reactions. Yeah. Because I have my relationship with it that I... Like, I'm not surprised whatsoever that that's the the sort of the response. W- what I've been really interested in is that b- this has been one of the most misleading singles to full album experiences I've ever had. Okay, because, let's talk about that, actually. Yeah, and so here's what I was going to say is that... Uh, so leading into this, we got six singles. Yeah. Of them, I I like all of them, but I I at the point I, after the sixth, I was sort of like, all right, like, what do we got here? Like, how <laughs> right. do these hang together? Um, in the context of the album, they hang together really well. So okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like make my point. Okay, which is that like I love this album. Okay, I already I do, do too, and I think it, is, it stands up there with any of their work. I don't want to necessarily jump out of the gate and say I think it's their best. I think that's too hard to say. Mm-hmm. I will say that I actually would argue that despite its length and despite its track list and the, the amount of different things they're trying, I think it's actually more consistent than Modern Vampires of the City. Yeah, I have to be totally honest.
0: Yeah. I agree with that. And I am going to come out of the gate and say I think this is their best album. And I
1: could, I could have that opinion, I think. Because first of all, if you
0: are just comparing like degree of difficulty or the stuff they're doing creatively i don't even think you can compare the first album especially to like what they're doing now so different. this is much, this is so much more impressive i think
1: the first album and to a lesser extent, contra. But really, but, the first yeah. album is like a it's like a um, almost like a stylized movie. Yeah. Like if you if you watch like Pulp Fiction or something, they're going for a style and an aesthetic, and it's carried throughout the yeah. entire piece. I feel like, and I love that album. I love all their albums actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the thing is, is I think what happened with Vampire Weekend is you think about their catalog and like. So, they come out with this great debut that's fun and it's energetic and it's like kind of a sound not a lot of people are trying. Mm -hmm. Then Contra is excellent, has like great singles, Giving Up the Gun, Cousins, and it's really consistent throughout. By that point, like people were crowning their ass. Oh,
0: already after two albums, yeah.
1: And so, what happens is then Modern Vampires of the City come out and it's like has a sick album cover, has songs like Step and Diane Young and like really awesome songs, and people dub it a masterpiece like Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And I think that the tail of the tape on that album, as much as I love it and as much as it's important to me, is that there are there are peaks and valleys. Yeah. Despite it's, the fact that it's a little shorter. It's not
0: as consistent as you want it to be. And it's actually going
1: back, it's harder
0: to pick out individual songs from that album.
1: And there's songs I'm never that excited for. Yeah. Like Everlasting Arms. I always like hit a lull there. I can't say I ever really want to listen to Fingerback, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But dude, as I'm listening to this album, I mean, Father of the Bride, 18 tracks, and like, there's not one I want to skip. Seriously, they're trying. He's trying so many different things, and I say he because to me, this feels like an Ezra Koenig solo 100% record.
0: 100, yes. Like 100, yes. That's an interesting point here too, because when we. We're talking about these singles when they came out. You bring up a great point where even though we got a third of the album released early. That seems crazy. I, when I listened to this in full for the first time and heard all those singles in the context of the album, I was like, what the fuck? Are these different songs than what I was hearing before? Because in the context of the album, every single one of those singles was better. Every single one. And they all worked in the context of where they were. And I think the narrative leading up to this release was like, oh, no Rostam. It's been a little while. You know, is Vampire Week in the same band? Can Ezra do it by himself? The answer is yeah. Like, he
1: really fucking did it. Well, and it's interesting. He definitely did. But what's interesting here is the amount of collaborations that are going on. Yeah. Daniel Heim comes in as like... On a few different songs. A major player. Yeah. So, on some of the best songs on the so album. that
0: is one of the areas where I've seen the most amount of criticism oh, are wow. the Daniel Heim collaborations. Where they're like, oh, I don't like this. I think those songs are the worst ones. Oh, I
1: totally disagree. I
0: disagree too. I think those songs are actually like the kind of Themes and foundations of the album yeah. in a lot of ways, where it's just like that holds everything in between it together. Like for example, I don't think "Married in the Gold Rush" is like close to one of my favorites. It's actually probably lower tier for me, but like I think that song is incredibly important mm-hmm. for the whole album, and I actually love what they're going for on it.
1: Yeah, I so with the Daniel Heim songs, I think "Hold You Now" is one of my favorite songs on the album. And like so when, sick. I, when I first started the album and and it, Ezra sings his verse and he does that little like all right thing yeah. and then the big like warped sounding core- comes choir comes in the thin red in. line uh, choir I was so pumped I was like okay this is a Vampire Weekend yes. album this is perfect I was like oh fuck yeah, yeah. Like, this is this is exactly right and then I think they harmonize really well on the songs they do I, so for me I think We Belong Together is while really fun it's one of I think that's my least favorite of those three sure. that they do but uh I disagree with the take that, that, that her songs are not good. I also think the Steve Lacey collaborations are excellent, too. So good. So Flower Moon is awesome. It, it and I really still, is. I still stand for Sunflower, Oh, too. I love
0: Sunflower now. Sunflower's like, a lot of fun. I, again, so Sunflower might be the da, best da, example da, da, da. of where I was like, as a single, being like, eh. And then in the context of the
1: album, I was like, oh, no, this song's great. It's a ballsy one to put out there as a single. It really is. Especially as the second one. Like, yeah. his the second single was that song in 2021. Right. Which it, is like... 2021 is almost like an interlude track. Exactly. Oh, no, sorry. It was Sunflower and Big Blue. Big
0: Blue. Which, uh, Big Blue probably actually towards the bottom as well.
1: Uh, big, so like, Even though I like it. I love those songs, Big Blue in 2021. But I, I know what you mean. Uh, I think the Steve Lacey collaborations on here are awesome. Both those songs are sick. Um... And and there's that theme of flowers, which is interesting. Flower Moon, the beginning part, like, is so beautiful. It reminds me of Image and Heap. Yeah, reminds me of like Hide and Seek. And then the way the song progresses, and there's really nice instrumentation. Like, I just love. I don't know, man. Whatever it is that Ezra has in terms of like what he tries to explore musically, it just really clicks in my brain and really works oh, yeah. for me. I've heard a lot of people comparing this album to jam music and jam bands. And the interesting thing about it is like I haven't really felt like I could confirm or deny because I don't listen to jam bands and I don't really know this if that's the case, this makes me want to listen to jam bands. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Because these songs are sick. I
0: that to me feels like one of those sort of bullshit like Mm -hmm. comparisons where people are just like trying to make a comparison when in yeah. reality that might not be the case. This sounds like a Vampire Weekend album. Yeah, it me. does.
1: It, it, like a little more mature, a little more time has and gone it's by. Not,
0: I'm not saying that to be like, oh, they're running back the same sounds every single time. It's like they just have a unique sound and perspective on yeah. the music that they make, Ezra in particular. Um, I want to highlight a, a few songs that are among my favorites. Bambina it's great. Why wasn't that a
1: single? Dude, this is the thing. This, this... Ezra Ropa doped us. Yeah, he, he did. Because he put out singles that were weird. So other than Harmony Hall, he put out like... Uh, actually, really what it was, was 2021, Big Blue, and Sunflower were weird to put yeah. out as singles. Yeah. The other three kind of made sense. Yeah. Because... I would
0: argue even Unbearably White, when you have options like Bambina, yeah. I, weird.
1: Although I do have to say Unbearably White is like in the top half for me. I so, think it's
0: great. I remember remember when we when that came out and I had been kind of low on some of the other singles. Yeah. And I was like, this is one where I feel like, you know, I can latch on to this one. It has appreciated even more it's so. so. It's among my favorites on the album as well. So Unbearably White, Bambina, I think how long is excellent. I'm so glad you I said lo- that. That that's probably my favorite
1: is how long. How long is a total jam? Yep. It it like almost instantly made it on my best songs of the year yeah. playlist. That like that chorus is so catchy. It's so good. Um, and then ba ba bum ba ba bum ba ba bum ba ba bum -bum, boom. boom. Like, dude, it. That's my thing about with Ezra is like, the stuff he writes is so playful and so catchy. That's a
0: great way to describe that song and this album in general. Playful.
1: And I think that if you're listening back and you're like, and you're like, oh, Vampire Weekend was an important band. This album has to be like, and he's taken six years. Like, this has got to be important. It's got to be grand. And you hear these songs, and they're a little silly, and they're a little fun, and they're kind of playful, and there's all kinds of sounds going on. I think that misses the point, though, because, like, Vampire Weekend has always kind of been like this. If anything, Modern Vampires of the City was the most self-serious album they made. But, like, especially their first album and this one, like, they're doing all kinds of fun stuff. And, like, even on Contra, too. Oh, yeah. I, to, so the comparison I've been thinking of with this album, and I think it, it's not too hard to make, and it's probably not that novel, is is the White Album.
0: Definitely. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And it's
1: actually a full half hour shorter yeah. than the White Album. But, like, I mean, he's doing so many different genres on here. Um, I, I got to say, man, like, I'm loving it. It has, like, it really, really has done it for me in a way that I, I can't say I expected. Yeah. I really didn't. And I... I I'm so pleased. It's been like the 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 best like sort of feel good album for me of the year because it's like exactly what I hoped it would yeah. be, and it was like against the odds. I, I really know. didn't think we were gonna get I it. Know. I was like, this is probably gonna be. I'm lowering my expectations, but I love listening to this. Record. Here's the
0: thing: I think if you go into this wanting to dislike it or with a an attitude of this isn't gonna be very good, you'll come out of it thinking that. But yeah. if you go in with an open mind, positive attitude, I think you'll come out of it. This album in particular, that's the case with a lot of music and a lot of albums. is just your mindset and attitude going into it. I think this one in particular, though. Like, oh, yeah. This is one where it's like, if you really want the narrative to be X, you can make it that way. And it's not really fair.
1: I totally agree. I want to point out, I think I'm looking now, the run from the about one, two, three, four, five. 5... About the sixth track, and that's not to say that the first five aren't good, but this core of the album is so strong. From how long to unbearably white, rich man, married in a gold rush, my mistake, sympathy, sunflower, sunflower. flower moon, twenty twenty one is it's, a great it's an insane run. run. Because and there's some ups and downs there, but like right. all those songs are really and on great. an
0: eighteen track album, you'd be like, oh, like there's five songs I could easily get rid of on here. There's not. There's really not.
1: I know. I, that's what I've been finding is like I keep expecting. To get to the track where I'm like, oh, like I could take or leave this. I really like all of them. For me, the one that comes close to that every now and then, but I've just been liking it more and more with each listen. So it's going away. as we belong together? Yeah. The first time I heard it, I was like, oh, that's just kind of silly. And it's like I know what they're. It's like an homage to that kind of right. like Johnny right. Cash, June Carter thing. Right. Like Megan Jack White did this. Yeah. Like exactly. I get what they're doing yeah. here, but it's it, it's good. It it's works. a good it's song. Fun. Yeah. I would agree.
0: I would agree with that. Um. So yeah, I think. How long, unbearably white, rich man is great. Couple lines, I love on how long the line where he's like, why has it felt like Halloween since Christmas 2017 or whatever. I think that's awesome. Then on unbearably white, could have been smart, we're just unbearably bright. I love that line too. Um, And then stranger, I think is awesome too, towards the end. That's a highlight.
1: And I've been digging as a closer, Jerusalem, New York, Berlin, like... That's a nice little... That's just a nice little Vampire Weekend And it's song. such a
0: Vampire Weekend song title it is, as dude, well. Like, like na- come on.
1: Name-dropping big cities around the world. <laughs> right. It, like, it screams, I'm cultured. I like <laughs> cities. I've been to all of them. Definitely. And, like, each of these things has very different <laughs> right. things going on. But, like, I, Ezra Koenig, kind of understand that. I all. can see it all, and I can connect these. And it has, yeah. like, maybe the most... Vampire Weekend, Melody and Delivery of any of them, yeah. the way he sings Jerusalem, <laughs> New York, Berlin, that like, it's yeah. like, it's so like, yeah. cutesy. It really is. I love it though. It's but this great... is
0: like what we want from this band, this is what we want from Ezra, this is what we want from Vampire Weekend. I will say, um, still don't love the album cover. It works for me a lot better than it did yep. knowing that the album itself is actually good. Yeah, that um, helps. And, you know, I think we lamented the fact that they it was a departure from the kind of template that, that they have been using for albums. But I think six years removed, is this does feel like a different era of the band. And I think Very the, the switch up in the look and feel is needed. Um, because, you know, let's say Vampire Weekend keeps putting out good albums. I think we might look back, Jake, at those first three and be like, whoa, like these actually feel like, surprisingly unimpressive for maybe what they ended up being. If they become, like, this prolific band that's around for a long time. Sure. I mean, granted, if we keep getting five to six years in between albums, that might not be the case. But Father of the Bride indicates that, like, that wasn't just, like, this flash-in-the-pan kind of, like, three-year... Five-year thing.
1: Well, I've been thinking about that, too. And I think that the most likely case is that it won't be that long again. Because I honestly think losing Rostam and taking time off and having, like, yeah. they're coming off the heels of their biggest album. Yeah. I, I I, mean, he hasn't said this, I don't think, but I'm, I'm sure it was a mental block. Oh yeah, like because and, and, he know. had tweets as far back as 2016, being like, "This is close to done." Yeah, and I think he was like, it's, "Mitsubishi Macchiato." Yeah, and I think it took this is a, I think a better title than that.
0: I agree. I always thought that was kind of a
1: joke. Yeah, but I do. I don't think he was serious. I think it was like tongue in cheek, but I think he was like it was a joke that turned into serious. Is this like a Kanye West swish? Kind of
0: never, dude. deal. Like when, when's when's Swish coming out? Yandi. Yandi. When yeah?
1: I don't know. Kanye but... West is a sick man. <laughs> yeah, We're yeah. not gonna get any of these albums, and when we do, they're they're gonna be like him, like talking about like threatening to kill people. Oh It's gonna be the opening track. Oh, you mean like on like Ye? The... Yeah, like yeah, exactly yeah. like Ye, which is an album I have already forgotten about. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um. But yeah, man. I like again. I couldn't be like more, just more pleased. This is like the Same. happiest I've been about an album all year. Yeah, yeah. And I've been excited to put it on. And
0: Yeah, so... It's I, good for this time of year, too. Yes, it's perfect for this time of year. And it's funny, and I think this is a good transition into the Big Thief discussion, is yep. Friday when Vampire Weekend came out, Big Thief album also came out. It was kind of a cloudy, overcast day where we live, and... I was thinking that this Vampire Weekend album is very much a spring album and it's a nice weather album. This Big Thief record though is perfect for like those overcast rainy spring days. It's like yeah. the opposite side of the coin. If like they're both spring albums, Big Thief is the April showers, Vampire Weekend's the May flowers, The, Jake. May,
1: the May flowers. I I love that 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 totally makes sense. Um Yeah, man. I mean, like, so as effusive as we were about Vampire Weekend, I I don't think we can give any short shrift to this album either because, like, dude, Big Thief is... How about Big Thief? They're on a fucking run, man. Big Thief is, is, like, legit. They're here to fucking stay. How much
0: do you love that we've been in on this band since Since Masterpiece? Since since the very beginning.
1: Yeah, it's funny, man. Like, I was thinking about that the other day. Like, they... It actually are one of the few bands, for me especially, where like from the beginning i was like down with big yeah. thief i the only other one i can kind of think of is pine grove where yeah, like we we, yeah. we were in on everything so far and i, I so i got to say like i i know that that take is annoying I don't think we we beat that drum too no, often. No, no, we don't. So I don't think we're like on the podcast no. every week. Like, hey, we told you since we discovered
0: fucking big thief. We've it's been like, telling no. you since masterpiece. No, it's like they were even that first album. They're on a was, record label. Was like an NPR like highlighted album. Yeah. So
1: uh, this feels like. So I mean, I I feel like this is this album feels like the natural progression to where they were moving. Like the song structures on here are a little more complex yeah. than they have been on the previous two albums. The band sounds locked the fuck mm. in, man. Like on a song like From, it, that is not an easy song to play no. as a full band cuz it's all kinds of weird timing stuff and the and it, it, like her guitar is probably hard to follow. The drums are locked right in. Um yeah, just musically this album is like this is a band that's really playing well because they're playing subtle music, really tight, yeah. and that's hard to do to play like soft music locked in as a band. That's a great. And I think point. I felt like with this album, they they're like they're crushing. Them. That's
0: a great point. I, I was so excited to listen to this. Um, just first of all, knowing how much we love this band, what a great songwriter Adrian Lenker is, um, coming off that solo record she put out last year, knowing that a couple of those songs will be reworked and on here. And you know, it's interesting because. Those first two Big Thief albums, we loved. Yeah. Especially Capacity was up as one of our favorite albums of 2017. Way up. and yep. Still love it. Weirdly, coming into this third one, it was like, oh, there's no way they can like keep this run up. They did, and I think this might be their best album as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, especially as I get more and more listens in on it. Um, because... Honestly, like the first couple times, I definitely liked it, but I could tell I was like, "This one's gonna be fourth, fifth, sixth listen is really when I'm gonna lock in with this thing." Because um, again, like there's there's a lot of subtleties, there's a lot of like little complexities and intricacies that are going on in the songwriting, and I think in the in the music, Um, and I think they've they've been on that trajectory from album to album. Yeah, well,
0: Big Thief they've
1: always been that
0: way. Like I remember even Masterpiece, probably has some of the most immediate songs on it. And I think, yeah. like, sonically, they're, it was much more just like we're a band and like we're yeah. just kind of like playing these folk rock songs. You think
1: of a song like Masterpiece. Yeah. Big crashing chords. Yeah. yeah,
0: exactly. Or, like, Real Love or even Paul. Like th- Those are much more kind of straightforward. Paul is such a jam, dude. Yeah. I, I
1: sometimes forget about that yeah, song. Right? And then when I hear it again, I'm like, like oh, oh, yeah. Fuck. This song's sick. Um, but
0: I, I think on... Um, capacity, you know, there was a little bit more of that complexity, or th- th- there's this haunting mysteriousness about these songs yeah. and about the songs that Big Thief creates that are just worlds unto themselves. Um, and and it, yeah, I, I think this is their best album. And I was especially excited when you texted me that morning and you're like, dude, the last minute. On the first track of this new Big Thief album is so sick. And yeah. I was like,
1: oh fuck, like I can't wait. And and in for context, if listeners I mean you if you're listening to this, you've probably heard it. What happens is that song starts off like you'd expect for Big Thief. It's kind of a little more mellow, it's a sort of folky. And then I assume it's Adrian Lanker. it sounds like her yeah. lets out just a blood curdling screech, like a horrifying yell. Yeah. And then like these distorted fucking bluesy ass yeah. guitars come crashing in and it's a total jam, like this like creepy, eerie jam through the end of the song. Mm. And then it goes right into UFOF, which mm-hmm. is one of the best songs of the year, straight up. Yeah. And like, yeah, what a start to the to the album. And I, I like and I had just listened to Vampire Weekend and I was like, all right, now I'm a right. big thief. I was walking into work. And when that end part came crashing in, I was like, okay, yeah. this is definitely like a moment on this Yeah, trip.
0: and you know, I think one of the great things about UFOF is there's the songs you can pick out immediately like I think Cattails is is up there too is like oh this song's like very palatable I can immediately get into it same with Contact but there's some songs towards the middle like I think well From is haunting as All Get Out Jake yeah. and actually <laughs> there's a you know it's interesting to hear this reworked version now cuz I have this distinct memory Um, of listening to the Adrian Lanker solo album version of this, which is even more stark and kind of just dialed back. But I remember listening to that during the bleak, you know, like early, early winter, and just having that like early winter depression feeling. Mm -hmm. And then like I associate it with that song and that album. Um, And then hearing it reworked now in this context is really interesting to kind of come full circle. But there's some songs toward the middle. I think like Orange is a great example where – Maybe on first couple listens, I was like, okay, like, yeah, yeah, this is this is fine. Or even Century or Strange. And then the more you listen, those all really start to, like, take on their own
1: identity. Strange has become one of my favorites on the album. And that the groove they're in on that, that kind of, like, almost, like, jazzy little thing they, they go into. Um, and the really deep kind of, like, I think it might be the bass that's doing it or something. There's some really deep instrumentation that's going on when they sing the Strange line, that long, drawn-out Strange. yeah, um, That's a cool song. It's like this really eerie song. I'm realizing now, I, I, the middle part of the track is like Open Desert, Orange, and Century. I don't know which of those songs is which.
0: Okay, Orange, so honestly... I can't tell you how open desert or century goes Orange, I listen- though is the one where she's like, Orange is the color of my love. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, right. That's right. Um, nice little melody
1: there. The thing is is like with, with those songs, I'm always I'm so locked in. Right. I'm not even really looking at well, the track. Yeah, notes.
0: exactly. And that's I think that's kind of the mark of a great album though, is when you're just like, Yeah, I'm in it right now. One of my favorites Jenny. Yes, I was hoping you'd say track. that. Holy fuck, that song is great. I was hoping
1: you'd say that. The kind of drone oh, of, of yeah. Jenny is in my room yep. over and over. Yeah. Um, it's it is it's like again haunting. Not to keep reusing the word, but it's uh, a nice builder too. That oh, one kind of builds to a yeah. swell. Yep. Um,
0: yeah. Um, yeah. I think both these albums really, really knocked it out of the park. Um, I actually. Was like trying to compile what would my top five albums of the year be so far? We're almost halfway through, which is fucking crazy. And
1: yeah, we'll do that soon in June. Yeah, these and are... I
0: I did. I had both of these in the top five. I think they, I have them at two and three. I still have Wise Blood at number one. Um, Jessica Pratt's in there, and yeah. then it gets really hard for that fifth spot. There's so many good
1: albums this year already. It's been a strong year, I dude. I think that is just about the top four. I don't know what my order would be to be honest. I I struggle with which of these I like better. Yeah, Um, depends on the mood. I mean, they're very they're different. They're different albums. They are very. They are and they're
0: hard to compare. The only reason why I would really compare them is that they came out on the same day.
1: Right. Well, and and with Jessica Pratt and Wise Blood, like those are both excellent too. Like they're both like way up there for me as well. Yep. it's gonna be interesting to, to now, try to compare them. Is Gunna number one, two, oh. three for you,
0: or oh, I tripper we drown
1: two? I thought with Gunna we had just we had just penciled it's like it It's another category.
0: One. Yeah, okay. I wanted to make sure we were on the so same page. So when I
1: was saying that. my top five, that's why I only listed the four. four. Same, yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. because I just yeah. Gunna it's is tripper drown as, yeah. as one. Absolutely, yeah, There's Absolutely. no question.
0: That's great. Um... One more album that came out this week that I want to quickly mention. I know, you know, it's maybe not getting as much attention as Big Thief or Vampire Weekend, but I did want to call it out. It's this album by Empath. Uh, It's called Active Listening, Night on Earth. Uh, It's nine songs, 27 minutes, so kind of a quick, breezy listen. This is like kind of noise rock pop, jangle pop, noise rock kind of deal, and... I was, like, shocked at how much I liked this, actually. Um, The single, Roses That Cry, is particularly good and I think is a good introduction to what this album sounds like. But my takeaway was, like, oh, this seems like a band that grew up listening to The Strokes and grew up listening to Is This It and is taking that influence and filtering it through a slightly more experimental Hmm. rock lens... And layering all sorts of sounds and the drums on this album. It's just like this droning, constant drum beat going on in the back. That's just like this humming layer at all times. It really adds this nice energy to it. But I immediately was like, oh, this is what the Strokes sound like in 2019. Is this sound. It sounds fresh. It sounds new. It has that like layer of grime over it in a way. Mm. Like the vocal filter on Is This It does. And I want to say they're referencing it on one of these songs because they, in particular, really distort the vocal and say something. I think they might be saying, Is This It? Is This It? Is This It? over again with the distorted vocal. I was like, is this, like, clearly a Strokes, like... Homage and reference here
1: it has a bouncy bassline. Yeah, stuff, like
0: you know. honestly, yeah, man. Does like it? you'd really like this album. So, so yeah,
1: I I I have every intention of checking this out. I listened to one of the singles. What was one of the singles? Roses that
0: cry got a best new track. That was it. Yeah. I listened to
1: that. I thought it was really cool.
0: Out of the context of the album, like I listened to that too when it got best new track. I was like, eh, like I don't know. That's how I felt. Listen again in the context, you're like, oh, I get it now.
1: Yeah, I feel like I mean, dude, everything you just described is like so my shit. Like, yeah. dude, droning. The strokes. Yeah. And like like slightly kind of lo-fi sounding yeah. stuff, which I definitely got the vibe of. Yes. Um I'm pumped for this, especially nine tracks, 27 uh, minutes. It's it's quick. I can't wait. It's uh, nice. Yeah, I'm, I'll definitely listen to it's it. It's good
0: stuff. It's really good stuff. Um, so yeah, Jake, we've taken... We had a, a few weeks off, and then we had a big week last week talking about a lot of new albums. We did our April month in review. So we've gotten away from our... 2010s in review Mm. segment here. I want to kind of we'll get back to it, reintroduce and re kick that off for basically the last seven months of the year with two things. One, um, I started a playlist on Spotify. Yes, this is we have not made a listen in podcast playlist in a while. Yeah, um, this one I think has an opportunity to be really good. I'm calling it 2010s in review, listen in podcast. I would like both of us. Throughout the year, as we either rediscover, revisit, or find stuff that we hadn't listened to, any songs that really stick out to us, let's throw them in that playlist. We'll kind of keep a running tally throughout the year with that of things that we're like, oh, I kind of forgot about this. Or like, remember how great this song is? Or, you know, oh, I just discovered this. This track's really good. Let's throw it in there. I already started doing it with some of the artists that we've talked about so far this year. Um, so there's about like 15-20 songs in there roughly uh, So let's keep adding to that And then I think what we can do Is once we make our top 100 songs At the end of the, the, the year as well um, We'll throw those in there And we'll end up with just like this awesome collection Of 2010's decade music That we can kind of go back to And it can be a snapshot of the last 10 years Of what we listened to I think that'd be really fun and I love cool. it I'm here for it um, So I shared that with you We'll keep working on that The other thought I had, and and I didn't want to get into like an artist discussion or anything this week, but I had this thought the other night about like career trajectories and the trajectories of certain artists that have kind of been staples throughout the decade. And I was thinking about how we caught certain artists at certain times. Yeah. And that has changed as the decade has gone on. Where, for example, um, I think there's three different categories we can kind of, like, talk about. It's like, did we catch this band or artist on the come-up of their career, at the peak of their career, or kind of on the downside of their career in terms of maybe the quality of work that they're putting out? Kind of looking at it, how, like, Bill Simmons will talk about an NBA player being in, like, at their peak or at their, um, their, like, the... What does he call like the next stage peak? It's like oh, extended peak, the extended peak, where yeah, it's like yeah. yeah, they're not as good. Maybe they plateaued or they're kind of diminished a little, but they're still, still very high. high. Yeah. yeah, or they're like really at a different phase. So I mean, even Vampire Weekend, they're, I at, think at they'd the, be the an start, it's like the, the, at the start of the decade, Contra, they're still in the come up.
1: Yeah, well, I was and, and s-
0: it's kind of recontextualized now because we would have said modern vampires peak. Maybe
1: they're still peaking. <laughs> Well, that's the thing is like, it feels like what happened, <clears throat> excuse me, we we caught them really high on the rise. Because right. by contra, they were super popular right. already. Right. And they definitely got even more popular with, with Modern Vampires. It feels like the trajectory is like they reached this peak, probably kept peaking after the release of that album because through touring and, and sustained right. popularity. And then it kind of ever so gently dipped, dipped, dipped. Just because they were out of right. it. But now it's shot back up again. Exactly. Because like, you know, in terms of their overall importance and their overall popularity, I wonder if it's even close to as big as it was then. Right. But it does feel like they're one of the bands that still matter. And like, I gotta say, like, it's it's really impressive. And it's been really exciting to me to see that people have been giving this a warm reception. Mm. And that it is like, it people are digging it. Like, that makes me happy. Because for some reason, man, like... They're they're one of these bands I've always rooted for. Oh, Even absolutely. though like, they they don't need any. No, for right, it. I know. Because they're know. so big.
0: I know what you mean. But yeah, I, I was just thinking about that as as an idea. So what about the
1: national? Where'd we uh, catch them?
0: So I think High Violet, they were still on the come up. It feels like Trouble Will Find Me was maybe a peak. The peak, yeah. And then it's been kind of this. Extended peak. Extended, sustained peak since yeah, then? maybe and, an ever so slight dip. Ever so slight dip. It, but, you know, I think that'd be interesting to see. Like Kanye West is another one where it's like st- kicking off the decade with a peak of Twisted Fantasy. Sustained peak with Yeezus. And you could even argue Pablo. And then, yeah. you know, some, mm. some dips p- potentially.
1: And when we started listening to him, I the first album I listened to was Graduation. Not when it came out. Right. Uh, the first album that we listened to when it came out was was fantasy yeah how crazy is that? that's
0: actually insane which
1: is his peak yeah i mean like jesus is up there with it but i mean like the the peak is fantasy
0: but it's just interesting to think like especially because because so many of our conversations end up being in the moment or categorized by year and i think if you take a step back and say well This is an artist who's putting together a career and a real arc and a, you know, a full vision of what they're doing. It's interesting to look at it in the context of, well, if we take this arbitrary 2010 to 2019 frame, what did that trajectory look like within those years? Like, for example, Arctic Monkeys, already established as one of the biggest bands. And I was listening to them last week because I was like, wait a minute, this is weird. In the 2010s, they've actually only had "Suck It and See," "AM," and then "Tranquility Base." That's a weird ass
1: collection of Arctic Monkeys albums. It's really weird, and it includes their most popular, it most yeah, and probably most polarizing. Their dude, "AM" is massive. What would you? How would you rank those three in terms of my favorite? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I go, damn. I go "Suck It and See." I, mean, I, I I want you to say what you're gonna say. Yeah, for me, like if I'm ranking them in order of how I want to to this is them. such a
0: hot hot take by you. But I know it's you mean it, and I actually like probably agree with what you're about to say. The order I'd like
1: to listen to them is suck it and see. Tranquility Base AM. It's the bottom line, and like I, AM remains a great great album and a really interesting piece in terms of the style they were going for, and they, they couldn't have done it better than they did, yeah. or any or to any greater success. Here's the
0: deal. I So I, li- I really listened to all of those three last week because yeah. I was like, what actually is my favorite of these? I think it might be Suck It and See. Uh, part of that's nostalgia. Part of that's just like, I think it's super underrated. Great it's singer-songwriter It's so underrated. Album. I think the rock song, like the straight-ahead rock songs like Don't Sit Down Because i Moved Your Chair or brick, uh, by brick. brick by Brick are like better than... Uh, Do I want to know? And maybe are you mine? My- they're not. Maybe they're not better songs. But like right now, I'd rather listen to those two from Suck It and See yeah, than yeah. those other two. Here's the thing about AM that I discovered: if you throw out "Do I Want to Know" and to an extent, "Are You Mine" because I've just heard that song too much, too even much, though it's a yeah. fucking jam. I was the realizing was like, whoa, this song still goes. Oh yeah, it does. I'm just kind of sick of both of those. If you remove those, the rest of that album is not as far off from Suck It and See as you'd think it is.
1: Right, yeah, that, I can see that. I mean, I think there's definitely, there's a style... The, again, what I think is so great about AM, because I do think it's a great album, is how much they commit to a style. Yeah. That's what's kind of cool about Arctic Monkeys in general, especially in this decade, actually, is that in with each of those albums, like with Suck It and See, it's a little more singer-songwriter, as you mm-hmm. said. It's a little more straight-ahead they're almost like rock and roll songs. Oh yeah, absolutely. And then with AM, they kind of it's like a little bit desert rock. Yep. It's a little bit like stoner rock. Yeah. Um, with these like and riff rock, like yeah. riffs yeah. on riffs on riffs, which is not at all what Tranquility Base is like. It's not at all what Suck It and See is like. Right. If anything, the closest they ever were to riff rock was like Humbug, favorite worst right. nightmare. Right. Um but dude like do i wanna know is an iconic guitarist. Yeah, it is. And that, like that's so that's worth something. And you know
0: what? Even do I wanna know I was I was really trying to hear it as not this song that's now been in, you know, Lexus commercials liquor and commercials and like all, you know, Bacardi commercials and all this stuff and I was like, "What? Does, what is this song just on its own as a song?" And it's like It's crazy good. Dude, the the string of lyrics where he's just kind of like um do you have no idea that you're in deep? I dreamt about you every night this week. Like, just he is, he's got fucking flow on that song, and he's, it's just like so cool and yeah. charming. And that became like almost this cliched version of the band, yeah, where it's like, oh, they played at the Olympics and they're in fucking commercials. It's like, I think we discount what great just songs those actually are, even though we've heard them everywhere now.
1: So, like. Am is my least favorite of those to listen to, while I full well acknowledge that it's it's my own fatigue of sure. the album. It, yeah. Like I I know that that's what it is, but it's like, dude, I, I don't know, man. Suck it and see is such a mood I can always get into, yeah. and the, the like. I, and I think that album. I've heard some fans who don't love she's thunderstorms and don't love black tree. Get Cole the fuck out of here
0: with that. Love those are those great. Songs. Those are so good,
1: and I think she's thunderstorms is one of my favorite. Mm. Freight. Alex yeah. Turner f- yeah. turns a phrase. Absolutely. Ever. It's, it's, a, it's
0: such a cool image. I would agree with that. Um, big time. So yeah, I he's mean, a beautiful lyricist, man. Oh, he's one of the best. He's up there. He, he like like she's thunderstorms so
1: lying on her front up against the wall. Like that, that's an interesting lyric, man. Yeah. Then what does that mean? Whatever you want it to mean. Yeah. Man. Um, so
0: yeah, it just got me thinking about trajectories and snapshots of careers and yeah. you know, where artists were at throughout. And I, I think that's an interesting question we can kind of ask as we rediscover or talk about some of these artists is just like, where were they at in their career when they put this out or yeah. like, where are they at now?
1: Well, before we wrap up, actually, like what is Arctic Monkeys peak? Is it AM or is it, act- is it favorite, worst Nightmare? So and whatever people say, I, am? I
0: actually think their peak is AM. I do too. I, I do. I, I think commercially, critically, uh, pop, like everything. I, I think it's AM and I was a little worried that like my fatigue of that album over the last couple of years was going to color it. But after this last re-listen, I was like, you know what? Even though I would rather listen to Tranquility Base and Suck It and See Now, I think if I'm being objective, that probably has to be like their best output. It's great. It's going to be what people point to as like, oh, that's a classic... This decade, Arctic Monkeys album. And
1: what's really funny is that, like, is that with them, if you point really to any album, especially this decade, and say, like, that's their best, it will be a misleading yeah. thing about what their 100%. catalog is. Like, so if, you, or if you're like us, like kids. I think about this all the time. Like, if you're like kids in the 2040s and you're like, okay, what's the best Arctic Monkeys album? Like, it might be like us reading about Sgt. Yes. Pepper and then just liking Revolver, yes. Help, and Rubber Soul more. Yes. And like th- that would probably happen with me with AM if I were 30 years 100%. younger. And I would listen to AM but then listen to Suck It and See and some of these other ones and end up liking them more. Yep,
0: when I think about that all the time.
1: Because it's not telling of what those other albums are like, really.
0: Not at all. Because Arctic Monkeys, I don't think they get the credit they deserve as being just they, like... They absolutely don't. Because I was like, oh, they're just, they're another rock, they're a Brit, uh, British rock band. It's like, they're no, awesome, they're man. that's not that's not giving them the credit and Alex Turner the credit that they deserve.
1: Yeah, they're, dude, they're they're excellent. They're one of, I mean, God, they're they're so consistent and like. They take risks and they pay off. Like they do. Every album they've been like, "Yeah, we're going with this specific thing." And they
0: fucking nail it.
1: Tranquility Base was the biggest surprise, and it's one that I actually would love to revisit Dude, that, that album
0: holds the fuck up. It's I so got to tell you. I was re-listening and I was like, "I like this as much as I've ever liked
1: it." Do you remember how like how you felt the first time you heard it. Um yeah. I was shocked. And I was like, like, I don't know.
0: I kind of went in being like, this is gonna be a different Arctic monkeys experience. You can tell. Um and, you know, it was a grower. It was definitely a grower. Like I liked it. It's- I always liked it, but I love it
1: now. I, I love it too. So I, yeah. I mean I really in some one way or another love all their albums.
0: Oh yeah, one hundred percent. If you were if you to pick a least favorite or one that you'd probably be humbug. the least like yeah, I would probably say Humbug. Even humbug. though I have great memories with Humbug and I still love that yeah, album. It's just the least consistent. Yeah, There's yeah. songs on it that I don't need. Jewelers yeah. Hands. Right. Like Right. I don't know. Um
1: Fire in the Thud.
0: Yeah, you know what? There's if I if we still had our blog and oh, we still man. like wrote and I had the energy to do anything There'd be a think piece in me of humbug rediscovered, and yeah. like actually, these songs are all good. And I
1: think the highs on humbug are as higher, yeah. higher than any other Arctic yeah. Monkeys. Cause, dude, cornerstone, cornerstone, um, my propeller, crying lightning, crying lightning, crying lightning. I
0: think might be his best lyrics. The some, way they flow on there and just rhyme and like every Some of
1: his best lyrics, and also, dude, an amazing chorus. Yeah and it's such a propulsive song when it builds at the end when they cut it down to just like the bass and like a simple drum and he sings your past times line and then crying lightning crashes back into that song that song's a
0: fucking jam it's so sick oh my god So I guess we did end up doing an artist discussion, anyways. That's the power of Arctic Monkeys. That's how much we love them. But they drew us in. um, Yeah, let's let's keep that going the rest of the year. I think it'll be a good just thing for us to have to be like, hey, let's shuffle the best you know the decade playlist that we made. Um, So to wrap up, let's do a little release radar. This is an interesting week, Jake. This is like the bizarro. Big week version of the one we just got because we had Vampire Weekend, we had Big Thief. This week we have a new Charlie Bliss album that's supposed to be really good, actually, hmm. and then Mac DeMarco. Oh, so it's like these two albums that are like technically also really big, yeah. But it's like the inverse, weird version of the ones we just got in a way. I forgot we had a new Mac
1: DeMarco this week.
0: Yeah, uh, I'll check it out. You know, my
1: expectation is that it'll be the same for me as all of them. More like, yeah, I like it,
0: right. Um, I'm just looking through quickly here. The national next week. The national the week Which after. Which seems crazy. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's those are the two big ones um, for us anyway. So we're rolling along, man. 2019 does not uh, it, slow down for anybody or don't anything. Don't quit. Yeah. Don't quit. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks for listening, everybody, and we will see you next time. Thanks, everyone.
1: We're back at it. Back at it. Almost
0: almost missed another week. Yeah, came close. Like, honestly,
1: yeah. if you. So, the story here, listeners, of which there are none, is that. <laughs> um, now, of which, of which there is one proven, Quinn. Yeah, Big true. Big shout true, to you, Quinn. True. True. Um, so Sean almost overslept, which is no problem. You are a real one. That's something. he, he You a real one, Quinn. Yeah. Uh, which is something that like would happen to me. Oh, absolutely. Um, they, I,
0: like Literally, I got home from work. I was like, oh, I'm very tired from this commute. I will close my eyes for 10 minutes. Because my new stretch, I've been doing these little power naps. Yeah. Where I just set a timer for 10 minutes.
1: 20 I, minutes is supposed to be the perfect nap. Right.
0: And I don't actually fall asleep, but it's enough to just be like, all right, you relaxed and your eyes were closed. This time around, blasted right through that, yeah. and I wake up almost an hour later. Yeah, uh, an hour later than when we were supposed to meet up, <laughs> which is fine. Yeah,
1: um, so big news in my world, uh, got a dog, yes, yeah, a little, little pup. puppy. Her name's Ellie. She's a beagle. They said beagle terrier mix to me. She seems like a beagle, right? I, yeah. I see maybe a little bit of terrier in her, yeah, um, so. This is a, a big shift. She's three months old, so like, there's a lot. It's it's been a, a hectic week. We got her over the weekend, yep. And there's just adjustments you have to make, and you gotta like, you start to adjust to their schedule. Mm-hmm. And it's learn like having
0: them. a fucking kid, man.
1: It is. You gotta learn their cues, right? And like, I was kicking myself on Tuesday. I got real down at myself because she started whining. I was like, well, I don't know what she wants. <laughs> Had like three straight accidents, like right oh. in front of my eyes. Oh no! Pissed and shit, and yeah. So I got mad. But like, and then one night this week, I think it was Tuesday, like I needed to get to sleep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I really needed to go to bed. Because I had a presentation the next mm-hmm. day. She was not having it. She was like up. Yeah. Really up. Yeah. And like barking at the fucking wall. Oh no. And was like trying to play. Yeah. Play, like active play. Yeah. And trying to get her to bed that night was uh, real tough. Mm-hmm. For the most part, she's been really good. Mm-hmm. And so, the thing is, is, like, I feel like once we get, like, like in three months, we're going to kind of even forget that it was ever oh, yeah. like this. Because yeah. I actually do feel like we got lucky. Because, like, we went to PetSmart the other day, and we brought her with us. And, dude, other puppies are fucking psychos. Oh, my God, yeah. And, like, she has her moments. Right. But she's not, she, like, doesn't chase shit she doesn't like with other dogs she doesn't get crazy she doesn't pull to go see them for
0: for example i was at kara's parents house last night before we went to dinner and they have a puppy it's like a a golden poodle kind of puppy yeah and she just goes insane when she just sees kara and we'll just be like Falling over herself to go like, <laughs> which is really, really cute. cute. It's really
1: cute. Is it a golden doodle? I yeah, it's very similar. Dude, those yeah. are, like the cutest dogs. Yeah. she
0: is adorable. Uh, her name's Lulu, and it's a great. She's name. she's great, and it's so funny because like she'll be on a leash, and then I'm like this lumbering like male figure, yeah. and I go up to her. And she just immediately, like, scurries away. And I have to, like, really, like, gently go up to her. But it's, yeah, it's so funny. Because, like, you can have that spectrum. And she's not even that bad. But Ellie is very, like, chill and relaxed for, like, a very young puppy.
1: Yeah, I mean, she's three months old. uh, Or, like, a little over three months. She was born February 1st. And so, like, but, dude, like, tonight we went over to Mary-Kate's mom's. And they have a cat over there. And the cat, like, Millie walked up to her and like looked at Mary-Kate, who was holding the dog in her arms. And Ellie just sat there with her. She just like looked at her, <laughs> yeah. watched her pass. Yeah, And she didn't bark. She didn't even really squirm. Yeah, yeah. That's um, great. But, uh, so today, for the first time, I tried to leave her. for. It was just going to be an hour. Yeah. Uh, and it couldn't even be an hour. Uh, in the apartment in a crate. And she shattered my heart into a billion pieces like she I closed it in and I was telling her like all right we'll be back and she started to like give me the puppy eyes and started whining Quite literally
0: the puppy eyes. literally
1: puppy eyes and started to try to like par her way Aww. out to come be with me and then I closed the door behind me, and she lost her shit. She went absolutely oh fucking goodness. crazy. Yeah. Um. So that's going to be a process because we're in an apartment where mm. we can't have a dog barking all day. Right. Right. So right. we got to figure this one right. out. This right. is like the big equation, the this big is, hurdle. Yeah. This is the uh, the the touring. <laughs> that, like this is a, if we figure this out, like we're gonna win the war. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's very very true. Um, Wow. So that that hurt. I I, I I will be totally honest. This is a trust tree. I teared up after. Oh, I did.
0: Oh, this there's too much cuteness.
1: I also was exhausted. Oh yeah, and very overwhelmed. Road. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I <laughs> was driving down the street. Yep. Afterward. Yep. And was just like, fuck. Oh, I'm gonna let it happen. <laughs> yeah, that's great though, because yeah. that can feel really good. It's the first time in forever. That that's. That's really good, though. I hadn't cried in a long time. Yeah. And I leaned into yeah, it. Yeah, you, you have into
0: to. It. <laughs> it. You really have to. Sometimes. I was
1: like, I felt it, and I was like, I did the... Like, four <laughs> it. Yeah, yes, yes, yes.
0: <laughs> Where it's like you're wringing out the tears like a washcloth. Yeah, yeah. It's the little
1: push that breaks the yes, dam. Breaks absolutely. the dike. Yes, so yes. So to speak.
0: Uh, in other news, the Celtics are eliminated uh, from playoff contention. Honestly... Not really a surprise given how they played the entire fucking year. They gave no indication that they could string it together or put together a good playoff run. I gotta be honest, Kyrie Irving is my favorite player in the NBA, but I sort of like don't want him to be the best player on the team I root for, if that makes sense.
1: It does make sense. So I, I, I gotta be honest, I didn't watch any of this series... You um, didn't
0: miss. The, f- the first game was awesome yeah, and they yeah. played great, and yep. then the rest were just very frustrating. Picture every shitty game they've played all year missing shots, yep. not putting in the effort on defense, iso ball, guys jacking up shots. Like, that's what it was getting
1: frustrated, getting down. Yeah, themselves. and then not getting
0: back on defense, not playing hard on defense. Um, yeah, it just it, it, honestly the Bucks are really good. I think I think they're going to go to the finals. I think they're the best team in the East by a country mile.
1: They were the one seed for a reason, man. Yeah, like, they they're win. the best record
0: in the NBA. Like, let's not like, like, yeah, we lost in five. Like, it's not really a surprise. That's
1: what should have happened. The problem was that the Celtics had such high expectations. Uh, yeah, that from yeah. everyone. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I didn't watch any of the series. It's been a crazy few weeks, obviously, yeah. with all the shit that we've like acquired, namely yeah. a living being, right. but. um it seems like I didn't miss much. And every night when I would look at the score, I'd be like, Oh, like they lost by like eighteen yeah. points. Yeah. and like Giannis went off and Yeah. Just seems like like Kyrie was airmailing threes. Dude, terrible shooting performances from him. Um and
0: <laughs> I do think that the Bucks have a good chance of beating whoever comes out of the West, actually. You do. Um I actually I, think it'll be really cool. I do too. Like I I was rooting for the Bucks. If the Celtics weren't going to come out of the East, I want it to be the Bucks. So, yeah. like they're... Giannis is fucking awesome. They're a interesting franchise like it's gonna be really cool to see the fucking Milwaukee Bucks, yeah. in the finals.
1: Now, now Toronto and the Sixers are what? Is, uh, that, is that going to seven?
0: Toronto's up three two. Three, two okay. They are playing because I know that I know that tonight they're on uh, like right now. Okay. They just started. Um, I know Kawhi went off, has been going Kawhi. Off. Kawhi looks amazing, and it would actually be really fun to see the Raptors play the Bucks.
1: I, I this Sixers team. There's something odd. I don't
0: give a fuck about them. They're never going to win. They're like... They just underachieve for the level of talent that they seemingly have.
1: Well, from all I've heard, because I, I, again, I really haven't watched him, but it sounds like Simmons is kind of a disappointment. He doesn't shoot the ball.
0: He doesn't... <laughs> yeah, he, he is. He's a huge... Like, he's not even that fun to watch. No. I don't I, like Ben Simmons.
1: Nah, he's a little bit boring. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I do like a guy who's like a really good passer. Right. But... I don't know, man. Like, every time I've watched him, I've I've never left watching a Sixers game and been like, oh, wow.
0: Just underwhelmed by him. And then Durant is now hurt. He's, he has a calf strain uh, in that Warriors-Rocket series. I would assume... It, I mean, it's headed back to Houston. Golden State's up 3-2. I would assume Houston's going to win Game 6 at home with no KD. Um, Pretty crazy. And send that back to another Game 7, Warriors-Rocket. I would assume that would be the case.
1: You do have to say, though, it's like... It is pretty crazy that this Celtics team lost a round earlier than last year's Celtics team and in way more embarrassing fashion. Like, last year's Celtics team took the Cavs to the brink of... Like, they almost went to the finals. They went to Game 7. Here's
0: the deal, though. I know it's different. Is that team last year really overachieved, and they were able to play... With a freeness, a looseness, and just this hey, like, let's just go out and lay it all on the line and play with no repercussions, basically, because we're not even supposed to be here to begin with. Totally. I, I really think when the expectations are there and there's all this pressure, that tightens these guys up. Well, we saw it all year with Tatum.
1: And that's sort of what I'm saying, is like, the expectations thing... That's Got to them, man. They're, they're a ex- young-ass team, of
0: course. Yeah. That's And there's, there's so much scrutiny and discussion around what's all wrong with the Celtics, what's yeah. up with the Celtics. Kyrie's going to leave, It right? doesn't help that Kyrie is probably not a great leader or teammate and is maybe a little too... I don't want to say fall he really thinks he's like a basketball genius. And he and is. I, and he is from he's a, so from a technical watch. standpoint. From yeah. a, I just understand how to dribble this ball and play the angles and finish at the rim and put the exact right arc and spin and touch on the ball. He is a genius in that way. That is, like, not in question. However, that's not what being a successful basketball
1: team is about. No. no. And he doesn't get the most out of the, his teammates. No, he's not an especially good passing guard. Or well, any. the thing is, he's a good
0: passer. He's well, a he's great passer, actually. Passer, he's like, not a great playmaker, no. is the
1: problem. Yeah, I, I guess what I mean to say is that it doesn't feel like... It's tough for him to be a facilitator. Yes. Which he can be, but it's like he, he's a... I mean, dude, he puts up like 25 plus a game. He's like, what what is the average this year? Like, 21-22. But, like, there's games where he goes off, though.
0: Oh, absolutely. And if he really wants to, he could probably drop, like, 40-50 in a game. But the shot needs to be falling. And that's the problem. When you have, like, a, a smaller guard who's a finesse player, especially in the playoffs, it gets harder to find those shots and then make those shots. Every shot he takes is, like, a hard fucking shot. Yeah. And that's not, that's not always the best. So...
1: He is fun to watch, and if he leaves, I will miss watching him. As a I, I will too,
0: and I'll like honestly, I think he's one of the most interesting
1: thinkers in yeah. in the game. Um, he's he's. I've enjoyed this run because, and I kind of wish I watched more of it because, like, he is one of, if not my favorite players to yeah, watch. purely yeah, offensively, yeah. it's so oh fun. to Oh my god, watch yeah!
0: Him. Like no one makes me react more. It's like him, Steph Curry, and Damian Lillard for like yeah. Oh fuck. Like that was sick. I can't believe they did that. Yep. So, disappointing end. Uh this roster could be 100% different next year for all we know. Like I mean, there's a lot like of like 5% different.
1: A lot of Anthony Davis talk, but it's like from what I've heard <sighs> Yeah. He doesn't want to come and it's like uh, he's shown that he's like like dude, like I, I actually one of the takes I agree with the most with, with Bill Simmons this year and on on his podcast is like if you're Anthony Davis, why would you waste a full season like, like what this? are you Doing? Like, yeah. What are you trying to get at? I don't know, man. It seems like a mistake
0: on his part. Big Huge time. mistake,
1: dude. He he's been MVP caliber for a couple. Like, yeah. Of what years. are you doing? Like,
0: yeah, your team's not the best, and you're not going to win a championship. But like,
1: this is his pe- like this this year, next year, probably the year after is like his athletic yeah. peak. Yeah. And he's gonna throw one of those yeah, like, years. What the fuck. Down Same the with
0: Kawhi. Like last year, it's like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. Fucking uh, play basketball. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Hey, I don't know. We sound like old man Rassilo and yeah, old yeah, man Simmons. Yeah, we do. Simmons.
0: Fucking yoked it, dude. <laughs> um. Anyways, uh, four
1: hundred fifty year old girlfriend <laughs> on Thrones. <laughs> We're gonna do Throne Game. Like, all right, dude. Like, what did you think of uh, of Tyrion, dude? So he he you noticed that he says Tyrion. He also definitely intentionally because Mallory and Jason make fun of him for it. Calls it the thirteen hundreds. Yeah,
0: she kind of loves. Oh, I think so, it's really funny. Did they have?
1: Did they did? Did they have on demand in the thirteen hundreds or so?
0: I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, it's not the thirteen hundreds.
1: Yeah, 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 but the thing is, is like Aria, watching her have sex was, uh, you know, that's like watching your kid. And then my mom, she got a <laughs> glass of wine. She brings my daughter into the equation.
0: Dude, I, yeah. I, 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 okay, like. I love the podcast from him this week. He Me had too. a drunk Joe House on Dude, on Monday.
1: Drunk Joe House is the best.
0: Then they did an NBA emergency pod after one of the games I after had, the Rockets. On, on the NBA pod, yeah, I, the, I ended yeah. up
1: skipping it because I I had so much else and I've been behind on podcasts. It, it was it,
0: it was just like. A Simmons house, and then the Rassilo one. You, I got like five hours of Simmons in Joe House this week.
1: I I, do, I love house, man. he's one of my favorite guests. Rassilo is too. Yeah, his yeah. Rassilo is a great voice for radio. He really does. He really um, does much better than mine. Anyways, <laughs> no reason to have <laughs> immediately gotten down. Dude, we got a couple really good <laughs> yeah <laughs> albums yeah. to talk about here. Yeah,
0: we do. We do. Um, any other pre-show? I don't think so. I don't think so. No, I got nothing. Okay. Yeah, let's dive in. Let's dive in. Let's do it. Okay. Three, two, one...